Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For sermon recordings, for more podcasts, and to submit any questions or comments you might have, visit begrace.org slash podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. I'm Joey Clone, one of the pastors here. I'm Dave McMurray, teaching pastor here. I'm Chris Webster, Assistant Pastor of Drums and Drones. Well, Dave threw off the order today. He did. I'm I'm sitting in a different spot. I know. We're all different because Terrence and Ashley Gray are with us today. Thank you for being here. Oh, absolutely. Good to be here. Glad to be with the Grace family. We're so glad to have you, and we had a a great time with you this Sunday. I'd like to get to know you a little bit more before we just jump right into the sermon. Um, I know Dave introduced you and said that you are the church planting pastor at downtown church in memphis tennessee so that's correct yeah for three and a half years you said yeah we've been on staff at downtown church for three and a half years i served there in the youth ministry spent some time uh, helping them develop the youth ministry and get it off the ground and during that time uh, i really discerned a call to church planting our lead pastor richard reeves is a church planter he's been doing this for about 30 years and so uh when he brought it to my attention the idea of planting a church that's something i really had to uh, give a serious thought about and so we've been spending the past couple years just discerning the process and and seeing where God might be leading us. And so uh, we we sensed a call to a neighborhood. It was really a small town called Bartlett, right on the outskirts of Memphis. Okay. So we're planning to plant there in fall of 2020. Are you going to move there or yeah. stay in Memphis? Okay. So we're moving next month, actually. And so we'll be moving in, uh, sometime very soon in January. The, o- the only way from Memphis is east, right? So is it east from Memphis? Yeah, okay. yeah, northeast Memphis. Because basically in Memphis, you got the river on one side and then you just keep going, right? Germantown is kind of yeah. like the end of Memphis. Yeah, your only and then, other okay. option is Arkansas. Yeah. Shout out to West Memphis, Arkansas. <laughs> it's not actually we, in Memphis. We love Memphis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you go west, you got Arkansas, and you go south. I guess that's Mississippi, Arkansas. right? Also Mississippi. Yeah. In Mississippi south of Mississippi. It's Mississippi. right down there. Because we have friends all over that, mm-hmm. that area. We have lots mm-hmm. of close friends. Um, Tennessee borders, like, so many states. It, I actually saw a map states. maybe yesterday of mm-hmm. of the United States, and it said if all the states touching Tennessee were removed, and it was like a picture of all yeah. removed. It was pretty cool. I'll oh, yeah. add that in the show notes. Mm. Well, did Dave tell you that we're looking for a youth pastor here right now? Dave did not tell me about <laughs> that. Was that the plan all along? It's, it's, it's a trap. It's a trap. It was a trap. Well, we've got you here. <laughs> so, we want to let you know. Yeah. Mm. Actually, have you all ever thought about Colleen? Is this your first time in Colleen? You first Colleen time before? in Colleen, man. It's yeah. cool. We like mm-hmm. to call it South Memphis. Do we? South, <laughs> south, south, south. <laughs> okay. I thought it was. I thought it was North Austin. Uh, right. North Austin. But one of the other. A little, little different south from South Memphis. <laughs> yeah. And and y'all are from Memphis originally? Or? I'm from Memphis. So I'm a native Memphis. Memphian, born and raised. Uh, you know, my whole life has been spent there for the most point. Uh, lived in Dallas for a couple years. Uh, followed my wife down there. Got married and brought her back to Memphis with me. So that's kind mm. of been the journey. Journey, uh, but yes, I'm from Memphis. But I'm from um, Texas. Like I was born in Oklahoma and stuff like that. But majority of my years have been in Texas. Okay. In Flower Mound, Texas. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, you have a pretty Texas accent, actually. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's definitely not indeed. Memphis. Definitely not Memphis. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot different. Yeah, every time. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, I've been there for three and a half years now, and still at the store, people are like, you're not, you're not from, from here, here. <laughs> are you? I'm like, no. But do you like pulled pork? No. Oh, no. I don't really like Memphis barbecue at all. I mean. So sad. Yeah, I don't like Memphis barbecue as much as Texas. I do like. That's not my favorite, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like it. we just raised a conflict in your marriage. Oh yes, because <laughs> <laughs> we went vegan what two and a half years ago, Whoa. and we broke our vegan diet with a trip to Rendezvous Barbecue with and, ribs. With ribs, and she enjoyed mm-hmm. that. So yeah, you and get I never a little went back. <laughs> we have friends actually, Elliot, who's preaching next week. He actually just went vegan, maybe. Okay. A month or two ago, yeah. And to our staff Christmas party, he brought um, some vegan sliders. They oh, were man. Really like barbecue good. chicken. Oh yeah, man. Barbecue vegan sliders. It, are yeah, good. it was like barbecue chicken, spicy. Yes. But it wasn't but, chicken. Yeah. I was gonna say, if you're still vegan, we messed up. We had barbecue oh, no, for man. lunch today. Today yeah. was perfect, man. The okay, Rudy's, okay. the brisket, the, the ribs was spot on. It's it's no Miller's mm. Smokehouse. I thought that's for sure what you were doing when you said we'll be back by two o'clock. I was like, oh, they're going to Miller's. They're going yeah. to Belton. We have a a place maybe 15 minutes away that is like top three four uh, rated in texas monthly okay. yeah maybe three people barbecue. told me after church to yeah. go to miller's it's real good but well we're glad we're glad uh anything else we should know about you so you're a memphian you're from oklahoma but mostly raised in but in I'm a Texan. Texas. Yeah. You're a Texan. She said, I'm a Texan. She got here faster than I did. So, yeah. 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 I didn't move here until 2010, uh, the end of 2010. So. so, if I remember right, you went to Memphis, met him there, and then y'all married and went to Dallas, and then you came back to Memphis. He, so, we met, and then he, uh, we met in Nashville originally. Mm-hmm. And then I moved, after I graduated from UNT, I moved to Memphis for a program called Downline. Okay. It's a nine-month discipleship program. And there you had a volunteer, and I volunteered for his organization called Mu- Mission Music Nights. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so that's where we, like, built a relationship. Okay. But, like, in the program at the time, we, you couldn't date until it was over. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't, like, yeah, you couldn't do anything. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> so, at the time, because they just wanted you to be focused on, like, this point in your life, like, you mm-hmm. know, learning how to make disciples, learning the Bible. And so, I understood I understood that. So, he knew that, too, because he did the program, like, three years before me. Mm. And um, so, he was just really patient. And he even, I mean, but he did tell me on Valentine's Day. Yeah, that he liked me. I had, to, I, had to, I had to work that a little bit because yeah. with the downline deal, we couldn't, like she said, we couldn't officially date. Mm-hmm. But we're doing the concert. I had a concert series called Mission Music Nights. We threw concerts, uh, and then we partnered with nonprofits in the city, and we kind of used some proceeds to help the nonprofit, and also gave artists a platform. Mm-hmm. And so we did that thing, and we needed an MC. Ashley was the MC. So during that time, mm-hmm. I got to know her really well. I was like, mm-hmm. man, it's MC. We weren't dating, but you know, <laughs> working together. Yeah, we did group. Dates, we, yeah, group dates. We were safe. We obeyed all the rules. <laughs> good, uh, good. We had a lot of third wheels, just mm-hmm. inviting people yeah. out, random people out to movies and lunch with us, mm-hmm. just so we could hang. So we did that. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Loop, shout out to loop brought, brought chaperones. Rundell, shout out Rundell. to all them for being third wheels. <laughs> but my pastor told me he was like, "Hey, Terrence, this girl is moving back to Texas, and you need to move quick. You need to tell her what you're thinking if you're thinking something. And mm-hmm. so you need to let her know. You need to be explicit. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did." I 
called on the phone first and I said, hey, I, I really need to talk to you about something and tell you something. She's like, well, you you know, she 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 she's a straight shooter. So she's like, well, you need to tell me that in person. <laughs> Good. Ah, you're right. And so I uh, get in my truck. I drive over and man I pull up it's the most embarrassing thing I pull up her, her roommate's outside in the front yard and I'm like so nervous driving over that I drive over the curb into the grass yeah. and I'm like, trying to get back on the street and the roommate's just you know stuck there looking nice. at me I'm like I'm, I'm here for Ashley I'm here for Ashley <laughs> and I go in and you know give him a spill and tell her like hey I'm really interested in you and I want to you know get to know you more and that's why I've been doing all the random hangouts and group dates and all that stuff I really want to get to know you and so that's where it begins and, and she, she said, said I know <laughs> she says well if you're serious you know that I'm thinking about moving back to Texas and I'm like not thinking about I knew I, I, I'm moving I back am. to Texas I'm being on staff like how much do you I, love Memphis because he's like Memphis through and through yeah so I was like this mm. probably will not work because I'm never coming back here <laughs> <laughs> surprise but I know what I had in my back pocket at the time that I hadn't told a lot of people about was that I um, I had received a full ride scholarship to Dallas Theological Seminary oh. and that messed me up because I applied with a friend and I was like you know whatever happens happens man I got that thing in the mail and it's like oh I got a decision to make I need to I got to steward this one way Mm. or another and so Mm -hmm. all arrows were pointing to Dallas and it made that a little bit easier to ask her out since I knew I had he got like this huge packet (laughs) and he it said for a scholarship presidential scholarship and he put it in his drawer I didn't want anybody to know (laughs) nobody can see this he put it in his drawer for a month and didn't like he had a deadline to call to accept it yeah. and missed it Whoa! and then still called yeah. and the woman was like we've been expecting your call Whoa. <laughs> we've insane. been waiting for that's you <laughs> yeah and then all the arrows were heading to Texas huh. so yeah that's awesome well I was gonna ask you the real questions and ask Mavericks or, or Grizzlies but now that I know Memphis doing through it's not, oh, a, it's not a question not a question so, mm. Grizz. you're a Grizzly boy mm. all day <laughs> well I do actually own a Memphis Grizzlies 2000 and maybe 18 or 17 shirt okay mm. right on man so we can be friends I how'd think. you get that That's thing awesome. well I don't really know <laughs> actually uh, I was at somebody's house in Memphis mm-hmm. so, cool. so we have lots of friends I don't know if you made the connection. My brother-in-law okay. is is Jeb. So, yeah, yeah. So, oh yeah. Okay. So I, anyways, I was in Memphis one time and needed a shirt, and somebody had a shirt that was my size and said, "Actually, we have a box of these shirts. You yeah. can have one." Oh. And it was from, maybe they sang the national anthem okay. at Memphis and they gave a bunch of shirts or something. I don't remember wow. what it was. But that's so cool. cool. So that's their hockey team. Yes. Oh. It's the baseball team actually. Baseball oh, team. okay. Okay. Gotcha. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see what's going on. <laughs> he loves sports. So he's he's, he's, know, really, he's really into running joke. Chris and I don't keep up with sports as much as we should. So. <laughs> okay. yeah. as but I did should. actually know that is not hockey or basket. Fair baseball. Enough. What is it? It's basketball. basketball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Mavs are the soccer team here. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> But downtown church is a historic church, right? There's uh, significance in downtown church where you're working right now. Yeah, well, we we met in Claiborne Temple, and mm-hmm. so Claiborne Temple ha- holds a lot of significance. That's where a lot of the civil rights movement in Memphis was mm-hmm. mobilized. And so, I don't know if you're familiar with those large signs that say "I am a man." Um, uh, those signs were actually made in 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 the basement of Claiborne Temple. Mm-hmm. 
and a lot of the mobilization and the strategy uh, for the sanitation strike that took place when Dr. King was in Memphis, that strategy took place uh, in Claiborne Temple. So they'd meet there and they strategize about how they'd move forward uh, with some of the injustices that were happening in Memphis. And they actually called Dr. King mm. to the city uh, to join what was going on in Claiborne Temple. So it's huge. And yeah, it's been a huge privilege to meet there. Mm. So cool. Yep, yep. Mm. That's awesome. Well, let's talk about the sermon. That's yeah. what we do mm-hmm. uh, here on this podcast. Our goal is to talk about the sermon. Uh, yep. This is our our fourth and final week of Advent, of our Advent series. So this week was peace. We've had hope, love, joy. That's the right order even, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And peace. I was thinking of our little signs that light up. You know, because mm. the, the lights visualize. That's a great <laughs> way to visualize. It's yeah. so good. I'm really hoping that on Christmas Eve they're all lit up, right? Yeah. Is that what, what the plan is? <laughs> you bring up strange. Things. <laughs> so to turn them on and off, they made it where you have to take them all, take it down oh. one at a time, and push a button. So we're doing the candle lighting ceremony. So there's this big debate because if we turn them all on. During the candle lighting ceremony, it looks like a It'll weird game bright. show. Okay. It's just like black <laughs> squares. So we're not sure what's going to happen, but yeah. maybe we'll turn it on just for you, and then hmm. and then we'll turn it cool. off. I don't know. So it's either all on or all off because it's so long. Because you can't turn it it's off. It's a long it's, process. Yeah. It's like oh, 20 okay. minutes okay. later. So. Well, they are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Shout out to... Who, who did that? Steve, Steve did that? Steve yeah. Yeah. And then And then Elise did all the, the Other decorations. mountains yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. cool. That's so great. That's I, awesome. I love our decorations here. I was telling uh, somebody that it feels like it was professionally done, you know, like a camp or something where you show up and it's like, oh my goodness, what is what is this yeah. this Christmas in Clean thing? But yeah. Yeah. for our Christmas in Clean this week was peace. Peace. That was weird. My brain turned off for a second. <laughs> so it was peace. And Terrence, you, you preached from Isaiah chapter 9 um, talking about peace and your, I don't know, my notes are, are so bad. So today was actually a really easy day for me in church. Usually, so I have a almost four-year-old, almost two-year-old, uh, and a month-and-change-year-old. Oh, wow. So so usually I come in here, I'm like, oh, man, it was such a rough Sunday. Like, I didn't get to pay that much attention, so I listened back four times to the sermon. But today, Claudia was singing in church, so they actually took them out at, like, 9.30. So I was like, ah, I got the whole sermon. Like, <laughs> Joseph sitting next You're to me, free. That's, that's no big deal. But I don't know where I put your big idea. So can you tell me your big idea? Yeah. I wrote it down. Yeah. Um Absolutely. Darkness yeah. does not have to last? No. Yeah, the big idea was there are a few things, uh, and, I, and I preached the sermon, so I should. I got it. I'll read you it for it. you. There I found you it. So you're, you said, my most important thing, my big idea, if you take anything away from this, is that there are a few things that will impact, there are a few things that will impact your future and your legacy more than your response to darkness and adversity. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, this is going to be good. Mm-hmm. I, I knew right then, I was like, man, this is this is good. Um, and I just, I really appreciated your, I guess your your context and, and not worrying about like, oh, I got to make sure that this is a good alliteration and it's three <laughs> words that start with P. And yeah. so for peace, I'm going to talk about, um, I don't know, yeah. I'm not going to try and make up three yeah. P words right yeah. now, but I just really appreciate that you're like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to get to the heart of the matter. I want to talk about this. I want, mm-hmm. I want to get down in the nitty gritty. And I think Isaiah nine was such a, a great passage to look and see you took the first, I guess, first two verses and talked about the gloom and the mm-hmm. darkness. And so I guess maybe if you could talk a little bit about 
your big idea without, I guess, yeah. the the risk is that you're going to start talking about your other three points. And, yeah, yeah. And we will probably anyway. We always do. But <laughs> maybe a little bit about your big idea, why you chose Isaiah chapter 9 uh, to talk about peace. Yeah. Um, over the past few years, the past few years, man, I really have been, uh, you know, viewing Christmas as this time where you know, light enters the darkness. God has really been putting that on my heart. Like, that's what this time is about. That's what the hope is about. That's why there's this magic in the air, because we all have this understanding that the world is broken. Uh, but we need something greater than ourselves and we need hope. And that hope. Uh, came into the world in the, in Jesus Christ, and that's what we celebrate. And so, I thought Isaiah painted a good picture of that because it gives you this dark backdrop. There's this mm. dark backdrop of man, uh, uh, this this wicked, foolish king just made this bad decision, mm. and it's impacting uh, the whole nation. Now everybody has to suffer the consequences for it, and it's just this this dark time. And if I'm a person uh, at, at that time period, man, I'm I'm you know potentially very nervous and fearful and afraid about what's going to happen, about what has happened. Uh, but I mean, God gives us hope uh, in that passage with the prophecy of the son that will be born. You know, a child mm. is going to be given to. Uh, and uh, y- you know it's a dark moment and we see example of a person uh, stewarding that dark moment in a not so good way King, mm. ha- King Ahaz had an opportunity mm. you know Isaiah came to him and said hey man you don't have to worry you don't have to be afraid God is going to give you a sign right and, and everything is going to be okay and he had an opportunity to steward that moment of darkness well and he didn't mm-hmm. and so that's what led to the big idea of man few things will determine your future and your legacy more than mm. uh, your response to uh, adversity and darkness and I just think that's so true in all of our lives, we're going to be faced with moments and scenarios and circumstances where we're going to have to steward that moment well and make a decision. And uh, sometimes we react in fear. Sometimes we react in faith. But those moments end up mattering a lot, it, it seems to me. And so, mm-hmm. and I think we all can resonate with that in one degree or another. So. Yeah, and we tried to talk about a little bit in Sunday school. So right right now, I was after, during second service, I went up with the youth, sixth through twelfth graders, and we were trying to talk about mm. now, how do we respond to that. And and mm. you, you hinted a little bit in your sermon, at least in the in the introduction, you hinted a little bit about how we should respond and where we should respond. I was wondering if you want to talk any on that, or is that more better suited for a later point? No, that's good. Yeah. Um. um yeah, I know we get that that darkness can come in different kinds of ways, right? It can come through isolation and loneliness and or disease or sickness. You know, it may be work is just hard, right? And and so uh, in those moments, you have a, a choice to either, uh, you know, have faith uh, or to, you know, let fear control that situation. Uh, you have an opportunity to step into the light and be honest about it or to hide in the darkness. And uh, one thing I talked about was just uh, that stepping into the light mm-hmm. piece of that. Uh, it's very easy uh, to say, man, I'm struggling with something and I don't want nobody in my Christian community to know about that thing. And I'm just going to figure it out by myself mm-hmm. because I think just me and God will work it out and figure it out all by ourselves. And really, God is saying, man, I want you to be honest about that with somebody so that I can bring you out of that thing because you're probably stuck in something that you never could get out of on your own. Mm-hmm. Or uh, maybe it's just hard, man. And, you know, and God didn't want you to have to walk uh, with that by yourself. He don't want you to have to deal with that loss uh, alone or that loneliness uh, by yourself. And so I think that's that hard step 
Mm. Uh, you know, for me, when I've been in groups, small groups with men, and it's time to share, it's been hard sometimes to go to that real moment and say, hey, guys, I'm struggling with A, B, or C. Mm. Um, and man, but when I have, and my brothers have embraced me, you know, I've found so much freedom in that. And so mm. I just want to mm. you know, encourage people to step into that light mm. uh, and, and be real. Yeah, and I, I like to... You keep saying fear and faith, and that's so good. Mm-hmm. And and maybe to help with that faith, another word we could use is trust, right? Mm-hmm. And and you talked about where we place our trust, and and even in the situation, Israel is placing their trust, you know, in in the king and mm-hmm. in in the order, and it's all messed up and divided kingdoms and and all this, and they're still trying to put their faith and their trust in that. Mm-hmm. And you talked about. You know where our trust should lie is in, is in God as as a king, and obviously this mm-hmm. text. This we go on to talk about that later, probably. But it's it's so good in this text. Mm-hmm. I had a, I had a quick question because I I loved your story opening up to talking about the soldier who went blind and just still had a positive outlook. But I do I do love to like dig deeper on. Yeah. I think there's there's so many voices in culture today that are just kind of the like talk yourself into being happy about mm-hmm. everything you know stare at yourself in the morning and mm-hmm. and uh, you kind of coach yourself into just yeah. being positive and and yeah. then everything will be okay how how just i know we're going to dive into that mm-hmm. you've already talked about how it's different how christian hope and christian peace is different than than that than yeah. just like just like oh yeah i can talk myself into it be positive for no reason you know yeah. can you explain a little bit wh- how you see just the difference between Absolutely. a christian version of that and, yeah. yeah i think faith uh without the right object will get mm. you in trouble mm. uh, yes so if i have yeah. faith in myself to fix myself and fix my world i will always end up disappointed in myself mm. uh but the type of faith and trust that we want is trust and faith in the Lord. So mm-hmm. I think that's what King Ahaz did. I think Ahaz was like, okay, I'm going to figure it out. We're in trouble. Uh, I have some resources. I'm going to use those resources to protect us. So I'm going to form an alliance and mm-hmm. I got this. Mm-hmm. That's not what God was asking for. God was asking for dependence and trust on him for him to come through. And I think that's the difference. And I definitely believe in our culture, man, it's so much motivation, so many motivational speakers and yeah, yeah. Mo- motivational YouTube videos and podcasts and you know gurus out there that you can follow and align yourself with. But a lot of their message is you can do it, pull yourself up, you can do it. Uh, but I think there's a real danger in that because deep in our hearts, you know, all of us know that we can't. Mm-hmm. And when that guru fails you and you fail yourself, it can leave you in a very dark place mm-hmm. once you realize that, man, you you aren't God and, mm. and you need God and so I think that's the big difference what is the object of your faith what is the object of your courage uh, and it can't be you because it mm. will not last it will mm. disappoint you mm. so I was kind of struck you said something about uh, I can't remember exactly how you said it but being under attack or at this time of the season and how sort of uh, our accuser is going to hurt you in specific ways mm. that hurt you yeah. the most and I thought that was such a also very interesting so we tend to just get or i tend to get stuck in my own head and like i'm either happy or sad why can't i be happy why can't i be happy and i'm all alone but remembering okay god's with me but also remembering that these aren't accidental attacks you know and i'm not just i'm not just sitting here and, and and it's just all my fault that i'm sad there's actual brokenness and purposeful attack yeah. happening too i just thought that was a beautiful thing i hadn't really pondered so thanks for that that's yeah, good yeah hmm. yeah definitely think those wounds man are, are we get 
you know, the devil wants to poke in our wounds. Mm -hmm. You know, he knows where we hurt and how we hurt. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's on purpose. Hmm. Good. Let's move into the the your three main points. So before you, right before you moved into, you said the text uses the backdrop of this great darkness to introduce a great light. Mm-hmm. It's like ah oh, yes, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to read your three points. You can correct me if I'm wrong in them. But what I wrote down for your three <laughs> okay. points being, and I actually used my phone this week so I could read my handwriting because I, <laughs> I thought it would be important. Uh, I had some trouble last week. I was like scribbling fast, writing stuff, and then I couldn't read it when we were doing the podcast. So your first point was because of our sin we all need to be rescued from darkness um that's it right yeah mm-hmm. so i i wrote something right underneath it maybe i did mess up maybe i should have wrote it by hand your second point was because of the darkness in our fallen world our hearts long for a just sorry maybe i didn't write this well because of the darkness in our fallen world our hearts long for a just King. king. Okay, it autocorrected to long. That's what I was like, what's going on? <laughs> long for a just king that will promote peace, justice, and righteousness. Mm-hmm. And then your third point was God has left his church in the world to promote peace and be a light in the dark world. Mm. So good. So let's talk about your first point. Your first point, um, I guess maybe the first two verses basically from yeah. the text. Yeah. Oh, so the text. We're in Isaiah chapter nine, yeah. verse one through seven. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I'm, I might have messed it up. But first, so for one through seven, your first point is kind of from the first two, um, and you you started off by talking about how it's easy to forget that when God found you, you were spiritually bankrupt. So it's mm-hmm. easy to forget our darkness. Yeah. Um, and we already talked a little bit about Israel's darkness, but um, anything on on the darkness? So because of our sin yeah. and our need to be rescued. Yeah. What caught my attention uh, when looking at that passage this past week was, man, that uh, that area, uh, Galilee, was the first place that got attacked when Israel was attacked. They were the first place mm. that was acceptable to the darkness. Um, mm. And it was very you know, bad, very serious darkness that they were dealing with. They were getting exiled and they were being oppressed. And so it, it received uh, the brunt of the force of the darkness. Mm. You get to Matthew, uh, if you fast forward to the New Testament, that's the first place where Jesus uh, ministers. That's where his mm. ministry begins in Galilee. In Galilee. Yeah. So the place mm. that experienced the greatest darkness now experiences the great light, greatest light. And I'm like, man, that just shows that God doesn't run from it. He mm. doesn't run from our mess. He doesn't run from the suffering. And mm. when it comes to my life, he doesn't, he, he doesn't run from the, the dark places in my heart. He, he engages me and pursues me. And so he's not coming after Terrence because he's good. He's not coming after any of us because we're good. He knows exactly how jacked up we are. Mm. And that sets me up uh, for his rescuing. Uh, mm. And it's and it's because of, you know, that darkness that he came. And so I just want to encourage us that, I mean, if you're going through something or you're struggling with something or you just, it's just another day in the life of a fallen person in the fallen world, like God isn't intimidated by what you're going through. Like mm. he will chase you down and pursue you uh, even in the midst of it all. And so... Uh, yeah so good. good yeah God what you said in the sermon was God steps into darkness and engages it head on mm-hmm. <sighs> so good uh, you all have anything I can keep going mm-hmm. I feel like I'm dominating today <laughs> but, uh, so so then you went on to say we all know darkness and brokenness and you asked you know do you feel comfortable stepping out into the light and we, we talked about that a little bit already with the where can we do that and what can we do it and and you you said community groups small mm. groups um mm. and i don't 
anything else on that i mean i think the only thought and, and i'm sure we, we can unpack together but yeah. the only thing i was thinking too is I, yeah totally agreeing and then i i keep for my own sake dude talking about when you step out into light in a group mm. it's a safe place because god makes it safe mm. you know not mm. so we have to be careful not mm. to um put all of our hopes in that group of people Amen. right and it's like it's like I, I can only confess these things or talk about what i'm going through because i know i'm already safe mm-hmm. with a good king right Amen. and so that was just one little thing i was like oh yeah man because we so quickly say church is supposed to be perfect so yeah. i'm going to expect a perfect response when i yeah air out my dirt and that's like you know doesn't always happen but you got to yeah, know you're still safe even if some people have a strange response to you i don't, I don't know if you had anything to add to that too but yeah. that's just no, i think that's yeah. good it's uh I, it can definitely be a church can be a scary place <laughs> yeah. and people get wounded in church and i think that's why people do kind of you know hide in the darkness because, yeah. because the devil is saying well if you say something mm. people are gonna gossip about you yeah. they won't be able to relate to it uh, they're going to hurt you mm-hmm. and I think that that does cause us to you know take that step back mm-hmm. but to your point you know we're safe in the hands of the Lord and his church is very flawed and we're part of that you know <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah it, 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 you have to yeah you have to trust that the Lord has you even mm-hmm. in that so what would you say to someone who's been through that hurt who said man I tried to I tried to open up and it blew up in my face or someone did gossip or someone just condemned me or what would you yeah. what would you say to that what's yeah. the next step for them yeah the way i've you know heard it from especially uh, from you know wise counselors in my life uh you can't and this is just you know wisdom you can't share ev- you don't need to share everything with everybody <laughs> but you need to share everything with somebody mm-hmm. And so maybe that is taking some time to discern what a safe place or a safe person may be. Mm. Now we're we're in a community group back home in Memphis. There's some, and it's co-ed. So there's some things that I'll confess in that uh, co-ed group, but uh, I won't tell everything. There's some things that I go even deeper uh, with in my men's group that I meet with on Friday mornings. Uh, and probably I go even a little deeper with my best friend Mario. Uh, and so. I think there's some wisdom to that. I think Jesus had layers of his relationships. He had sure, the seventy yeah. and the twelve and then the three. <laughs> and so I think you know, I think there's some wisdom to having layers to your relationship, but you need somebody. Mm. But I think that yeah. also well, and to add that, mm-hmm. that sometimes it's like I mean it's a risk either mm-hmm. way. Like you're risking not getting stepping into the light by being tormented for the rest of your life with I mean, mm-hmm. Satan telling you mm-hmm how trapped you are and, and mm. telling you who you are mm. and you're taking a risk mm-hmm. by get, standing in the light yeah. um, but the odds are in your favor in the light because the mm. Lord you know is there and then um, and then just thinking about like community mm. uh, I don't know who said this quote it was either C.S. Lewis or Tim Keller they're one in the same a vast number of years I think we had this conversation last week Um, I don't know who it's like this famous quote about love like um, it's about love and it talks it talks about like um, you know do you want to be safe or something like that you know what I'm saying it's It's like you want to be safe yeah Yeah. and it's like Mm. okay well if you want to never be hurt again Mm. then lock yourself in the room don't ever go outside don't talk Mm. to people don't Mm. invest time in anyone else and you'll be safe and like what a tragedy that would be to Mm. live in a world where 
um, you know, you, you decided to be mm. safe rather than to be loved. And a part of being loved in the human sense is you're going to be hurt by mm-hmm. flawed people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's like, it's yeah. a risk either way. Amen. But mm. the return um, it's worth it. is so worth it with community. And then, mm. of course, overwhelmingly with the Lord. Yeah. Mm. Can I ask one follow-up on that? Uh, do you see, as as people step into this, do you see them becoming more convinced of God's grace before they take that risk with people? Or do you see that risk with people convincing them more of God's grace? Is it both and? Is it one first, usually? What do you think? I think it's... Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I mean, based on experience from for the relationships I've had, when I've leaned on people and depended on them and they actually have caught me, mm. man, that really has made me trust God and worship God more and mm-hmm. uh, want to be uh, a part of his body mm. even more. Mm-hmm. I've been hurt in the church mm-hmm. also, um, but I think there's a reality to, uh, I hate to say that's just a part of it but even our lord and savior mm-hmm. uh was i mean and he had the layers to the relationship like i mentioned earlier but even he felt mm-hmm. betrayal yeah, uh yeah. from judas um and so um i think my experience has been rather that god has been big enough to deal even with my pain and my suffering that i felt in his church mm-hmm. he's he's been greater still uh even when i've been hurt by his flawed mm-hmm. you know, his flawed church and I, I don't think that's a good enough reason to to not step into the light mm-hmm. because you'll get hurt mm-hmm. because nobody can promise you that you won't get hurt you can't yeah. walk around this you know this life yeah. uh, with your guard up like Ashley was saying with the C.S. Lewis quote mm-hmm. uh, it's unavoidable the pain is unavoidable mm-hmm. if you're gonna love mm-hmm. you know so I think uh, with what I've heard from a lot of women and just like in counseling or um just talking to women in general at church. Um, I think that what they're most impacted by is it depends on how they grew up is how they're going to mm. respond to that question. Like mm. I've most, this is totally not, you know, end all be all, but it seems like people who have been raised in the church, um, it's, it's like pretty smooth sailing. Mm. And then when something happens, usually around adulthood, maybe close mm-hmm. to college, they get this epiphany where, you know, their pastor's not perfect, their mm. church isn't perfect, or they go off to college and they learn something like, you know, they learn about the Holy Spirit or they learn about grace. And like, then you, you know, then you hate the church you came from and then, or mm-hmm. you just leave it, you know, mm-hmm. altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas on the other hand, I've talked to several women and it seems like when they were not raised in the church... They're like, and they see this taste of grace and love in the church. They're so so drawn to it that they kind of are more numb to mm. getting hurt by the world. That they're like, oh, I wasn't expecting perfection anyway. Mm. Um, sure. But I definitely mm. didn't know that you guys loved each other and showed grace because I didn't see that in the mm. world. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. so interesting. I think yeah. It depends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I think. At Grace Bible Church, we would say that that it's both that mm-hmm. it happens mm-hmm. both ways, and that's mm-hmm. that's our whole uh, our discipleship model, which we you often probably hear us saying find purpose together, mm-hmm. right? So we say find purpose together is is how you become a disciple of Christ, and you do that by gathering in worship together, by um, 
what's the right sure. order? Serving on a team. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember serving or joining came first. <laughs> yeah. And, and by joining by joining a small group. <laughs> so we're doing something right, right? Yeah. Uh, Very clear. But, <laughs> but the goal isn't that you gather and then you serve and then you join. The mm. goal is that all of those are happening at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And because they're, they're different, like we talked about means of grace almost, right? Mm-hmm. They're different ways mm-hmm. that, that God reveals His grace. And sometimes some people might see it through a small group. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you might see it by volunteering and, and mm-hmm. you know, taking out the trash. And sometimes yeah. you might see it by gathering in our services and joining together. So yeah. I think as a church, we would say that it's it's both of those methods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ashley quoted C.S. Lewis. Uh, okay, qu- quote a, I quote a chick flick, uh, 13 going on yes. 30. <laughs> <laughs> and in that chick flick, in that movie, the girl tells the older woman who's afraid to love, she says, love and risk are enemies. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's similar to that. Like, you can't mm-hmm. have the love. Uh, you can't have, uh, yeah, love and risk are enemies. Uh, and so... Either you're gonna risk it. No, I might be butchering this. I might be butchering the chicks. Yeah, right. Well, I'll have to go back and watch. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now? Uh, we butcher stuff all the time. Don't worry about but it. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to be willing to risk something, though. Mm-hmm. You can't have this risk-free mm-hmm. uh, life and have. Uh, you know, you can't have the risk for your life. I'm butchering the chick flick. No, and the love. And so, if you're going to love, you're going to risk. Sure. You can't have a risk. You know, if you're going to be risk-free, no risk, well, you're not going to love. So, mm. yeah, yeah. I, I think you summed up this point really well by saying that it's tempting to stay in the dark, mm-hmm. but we don't have to fear. Mm. Um, yeah. And then you said the reason is that because of sin, we all need to be rescued. Mm. Uh, and then you said... Welcome to the club. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Yep. Well, and it's probably worth saying, too, y'all have kind of mentioned that, but the first time you step into the light, it's 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 scary, and it often hurts. It doesn't feel good. You know, I'm, mm. I've become mm. really, I've just been really chewing on the idea of the Stockholm Syndrome, kind of mm. like... We were we were all like prisoners of Satan in his basement, and we, we learned to love him. Yeah, almost, wow, wow, wow. right, and like it's like a lot of imagery right there. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Really, that's yeah. Really good. And so, so the people who were trying to help us and drag us out of the basement, we we fight against, and we, we were scared of the light. But I think it's it's just worth saying when you first step out in the light, it may not feel good. Keep going, Absolutely. stay there, right? Because mm-hmm. we know that that's it. It's eventual and it's oh gradual and it's that's healing, so right? Mm-hmm. It is. Have you seen the movie? We're <laughs> quoting so many things. Go for it. Uh, uh, is it the room? Oh on gosh! Netflix? Yes, but I didn't know what I was in for when I started watching. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah, boy. it is pretty yeah. explicit, but yeah. it, it's like I mean that's yeah. a that's yeah. a great analogy because the boy yeah. he's basically born into a room, mm. um, which we later find out is in is like a shed mm. um, that him his mom has been was kidnapped. Mm. And, oh my goodness! And so and so she was raped, and she has the baby in the shed, and so all he knows his whole life is life and the universe and the mm. earth is this room captivity yeah. and so yeah so oh, he wow. talks to everything mm. every morning like wow. good morning sink good morning yeah. couch because that's his world like he knows nothing outside of it there's mm. no windows nothing there's a sunlight from the top and that's all he knows mm. and then once he gets out remember he yeah. wants to go back and he begs his mom like take me back take me back take me mm. back then he goes back and he sees since he's seen the world he sees that that was just a room 
and these are not live objects yeah. and there's so much more mm. to the world than that and so he starts he basically the veil is torn and he sees the reality of mm. the depravity that he was living in oh my so wow. great yeah. illustration oh man my oh my gosh. god wow you just so made it a thousand times better wow, <laughs> wow. wow. So good. Cool. the artists are artists yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Wow. Well, and I think that reminds us too of what you were talking about of of not forgetting the darkness too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so you know, we, we might come into light and be in the light, and then we forget what it's like. Uh, I don't remember exactly what yeah. you said. I can't mm-hmm. quote you exactly, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, to, man. to not forget the darkness. Mm-hmm. I think God, you know, God found us there, man. Mm-hmm. I think about when I got saved when I was seventeen years old, and I just think back to that time how uh you know broken i was and how aware of that i was and how excited uh to be in christ uh that i was man i was just excited uh to know the lord and i just mm. think back at that time and and there are days now where i don't always feel like that i don't always mm. feel so excited uh to be in the house of the lord i don't mm. always count it as a privilege to be in my small group or my community group but at that point in history man it was just man i know god saved me and i know that i'm a mess and i know i don't mm. belong here and it's just i think over time we can forget that and it can cause us to lose even appreciation for our salvation mm. at times mm. and so I think you were talking about like uh you said the contrast mm-hmm. you, you were talking about something about the contrast god provides a contrast of darkness to present a great light mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. like the darker i mean even speaking as an artist mm-hmm. uh the darker the background is or whatever the mm-hmm. color is you know mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. other color it like it there's more contrast and it gives mm-hmm. it way more detail and mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and you can see the center of whatever the painting is or watercolor whatever you mm-hmm. yeah or, or the story right yeah. our story yeah, yeah. Or, the, or our story yeah of like yeah. remembering that and it's so much the grace is so much more all all inspiring when you realize where mm. it's from yeah so mm. good so i'm going to pretend to move to the second point so chris can remember whatever else he wanted to say <laughs> okay. about the first point <laughs> nope all right i'm gonna move to the second if you want to know what you didn't pack you just got to walk out of the house a book of quotes by I chris wish it was just a saying and not my life <laughs> he was discipled by jack handy so <laughs> <laughs> yes Oh true. man! Well, this, this, the second point uh, t- in today's sermon was that because of the darkness in our fallen world, our hearts long for a just king that will promote peace, mm. justice, and righteousness. Mm. Uh, and you, you started off by saying, you know, Jesus didn't come to take sides. He didn't come to side with you know this um, earthly um, ruler or this earthly ruler. Um, he came to take over, is what he said. Mm, yeah. um, and you said, at the end of the day, all these earthly rulers, all of our leaders, they're just shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what did you mean when you were talking about it being just shadows? Um, yeah. Yeah. Could you tell me a little about that? Yeah, I think at best, our best leaders are only a shadow of the great ruler to come. They're only a shadow of Christ. They're only a shadow of who he is. And I think uh, we long... You know, we still long for Jesus. We still long mm-hmm. for that rulership. There's something inside of my heart that wants an everlasting Father uh, mm-hmm. that will never leave me. Uh, that will never uh, think that uh, being my Father is too hard. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, who doesn't get moody? Like mm-hmm. I long for 
uh, I, I long for the mighty God. I long for the wise counselor who's all wise, right? Who who knows everything, and, and I could ask him uh, how to solve my problems, and he knows exactly what to tell me. Like I long for that, but instead I have rulers who might get it right. They might get it wrong. They might have selfish ambition. Uh, they might have uh, ulterior motives for what they're doing, and I, you know, I, I can't really a hundred percent bank on an individual in this world, no matter how great they may, you know, be. Uh, but I, I know that one day uh, I'll be face to face with 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 the wonderful counselor, with the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, who 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 is who is the one that I've been longing for my entire life, and I think we're gonna always be disappointed by individuals and systems of this world because they're gonna fail us, mm. and if we put too much hope in them they're going to disappoint us or cause us to be judgmental and critical of people who don't believe what we believe about those individuals sure so mm. and that's every system right like, every system i mean your job marriage mm-hmm. your family mm-hmm. um your parents like everything in your gym membership I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. everything you're going to be upset something is not going to be yeah mm-hmm. your of your liking all the time and that doesn't mean that i can't follow an individual or that i should there should be just anarchy that we shouldn't mm-hmm. have leaders uh but they are limited and mm-hmm. i think we should you know well, deal with them accordingly it's not where we put our trust right yeah. that's that was the main point it's mm-hmm. not where our trust lies our trust lies in in a different king in a different kingdom yeah. and i think uh I think it's good to remember that's nothing new, too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this mm-hmm. is the story of what's happening to Israel at this time, yeah. right? Is that they're, mm-hmm. they're trusting in kings, and, and they, they even asked God, like, can you give us an earthly king? We want somebody we can see, somebody mm-hmm. we can trust. Like, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's the same thing for us. Like, we have these yeah. leaders we can see, and so we want to put our trust and our faith in them versus God, who, yeah, maybe we can't see mm-hmm. the same way, but yeah. he's, he's the ultimate ultimately trustworthy yeah i really appreciate it i I got to hear you preach uh, maybe a month ago and there's been a meme on facebook or i don't know if i don't know what it is anyway something on the internet myspace maybe it was on (laughs) myspace but (laughs) it was about the uno company clarifying a rule about how to play uno oh my goodness reminded me of (laughs) hold on what is the rule oh my something about stacking illegal oh yeah yeah, you can't stack i don't even know Uh, but draw two oh where people clarifying but it brought up this whole concept of house rules Mm -hmm. which i think is a parallel to what you're saying here joey likes it when i say parallel (laughs) Uh, sorry we got some inside jokes yeah yeah um so can you we try not to do inside jokes can you tell us can you tell us what what you're saying like six weeks ago or whenever that was about house rules and differentiating that from from the gospel being the ultimate thing in our life yeah so uh yeah with uno i i I caught on to this a few months ago when i was playing with some friends and Mm -hmm. it was a group of guys from different places and we got confused really fast Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because like no we play like this and you stack the draw twos like no you we don't stack the draw twos well Uh if you stack the draw twos you got to take all of the cards well no that's not how we play and do they add it up to like draw two plus a draw two is draw four plus a draw two is draw six Uh, and so i was like man okay but i think and then you try to impose those rules and it becomes a war of wills and And if someone doesn't have your rules and they are an idiot like like, you wrong where were you right i I have a game that in the rules it says um it says something like the if you're at somebody's house they get to decide any disputes to the rules yes and if and if not 
then whoever's the loudest or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like it's Correct. Every yeah. House Correct. Yes. And so, yeah, with that, with that illustration, it was just, uh, man, I, I see that in the church. That's our experience mm-hmm. in the church mm-hmm. and, and especially in the world that we live in mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. and people's heels are dug in about what they believe on certain uh, peripheral issues, things that are not core, that are not essential. And so mm-hmm. we make the non-essentials essential mm-hmm. for us and we judge people by our non-essentials. Mm-hmm. And if they don't live up to those, then we, we, we judge them and we become, uh, you know, what they call it, a jury, judge, and executioner mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that happens in the, in the church quite a bit and I think that's something we have to be mindful of like what are the core rules what what is the core of mm-hmm. the faith uh, and that's the gospel life death resurrection of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. you know he he is central to the life of the church mm-hmm. and when we get our eyes off of him mm-hmm. then we you know we elevate other things and mm-hmm. we begin to judge each other by those things and it's mm-hmm. and it's okay to disagree we're not saying that uh, that everything you know there's, there's that there's no freedom to have an opinion about things or right. that there's no place for house rules you know there's some very much some gray areas in terms of application in a lot of places mm-hmm. Uh, in the church uh, but I think it's how we're going about it right it's mm-hmm. like what Ashley said it's like I'm not just saying that your house rules are different from mine I'm saying that you are an absolute idiot <laughs> for playing by those house <laughs> rules yeah, and house rules aren't get, just wrong they're dumb get out of my house yeah you know yeah. And I, well and I think if 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 that's hard for us that's a sign that the house rules are becoming more important than the gospel absolutely you know yeah. it's, a, it's a little yeah. it's like a little red flag in our yeah. heart so so yeah. I cannot play Monopoly with my in-laws because they have so many house rules that, <laughs> yeah. like, every time they do it, I'd be like, give me the rule book. And i pull the rule book and be like, nope, see, look, this is what the rule book says. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, this is how we play. I'm like, yeah. I'm not playing Monopoly with you then because I'll just flip yeah. the table. I'm not yeah. doing it. Yeah. And I just want to add one more thing. I mean, I think we get a roadmap for this in mm-hmm. the scriptures. Paul shows us mm-hmm. how to navigate a world yeah. uh, where everybody doesn't believe the same thing. You know, the mm-hmm. weaker brother, younger brother, mm-hmm. uh, weaker brother, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm losing, I need some coffee. Yes, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, two stories. But the, uh, the weaker brother uh, mm-hmm. story that Paul talks about, it's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, look out for the weaker brother, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, pay deference to the weaker brother. Mm-hmm. And there's a place for that. There is a place in the Christian community for us to not have to agree about everything. Thing, and we see a roadmap for how to handle that yeah. uh, in the scriptures. So it's there. It's not like we're yeah. just pulling this out of the sky. Yeah. Uh, God isn't confused about the different mm-hmm. conflicts that we have. Like the whole New Testament is full of letters written to churches mm-hmm. that are fighting over mm-hmm. different things. Yeah. And so we, we have an example of this. We have a playbook to go back to. Yeah. So It's interesting. First Corinthians and Romans both gets into that. Mm-hmm. And I found, as I was studying it, that it's actually flipped that mm. one side of the debate is the weaker in one place mm. and one side of the debate is the weaker in the other place it's kind of mm. interesting as that plays mm. out mm. well and what it would it tie back into the stepping out of the light thing where we if we're looking out for the weaker brother we are being the light to him as he's mm. trying to step out or whatever that is right like mm-hmm. that was another thing i was pondering is like how do we make the safe place for someone to step into and how do we respond when they say something just crazy like whoa you just confessed what like, and how do we how do we just practice that graceful but sharpening and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that and you, you're talking about it yeah like oh, it's it's in it's in the word yeah it's like that feeling when um you're talking to someone and you're about to you're about to say something like pretty radical or you're gonna confess <laughs> in or something or tell something like Tell someone, oh, I just did this. And, you know, I've had so many disciple leaders who have 
I mean, I think this is just the catalyst of our relationship where I've told them something insane that I did. <laughs> and their <laughs> face is just like, yeah. Sure. Mm. Like, their, their, face <laughs> sure. Is so, their face is so non, they're like not surprised by the yeah. depravity mm. of my soul, mm. you know? And so, but then, but they're also like, okay you know like that's yeah. it you know yeah. and i'm like what no like yesterday <laughs> no whatever and they're they're like face never changes yeah. like the amazing counselor face you know yeah. you're like not shocked by anything yeah and um and it at that moment when you see them not react because what you're expecting is abandonment or you know mm-hmm. shame or whatever yeah. and when they accept you it's like this instant connection of you love me despite this and yeah. it's safe now to mm. to tell you these radical things because I got more <laughs> I could show you and yeah. like okay this is my safe place and I think that's kind mm. of the same thing of like stepping in the light with mm-hmm. community and like when we learn you know to have grace and to be charitable and to mm. understand where you came from as well and to understand mm. you're not too far from where they are mm. um, yeah. like just this safe community that you can have of you know saying like okay i want to get this out because man this is eating me up and i know the freedom that it that it feels when i tell you yeah like it's it's just like mm. priceless you know mm-hmm. yeah well, i think that goes back so to good. remembering the darkness right mm-hmm. if we remember our darkness it's a lot easier to yes. hear other people's yes. darkness yes. right it, yes that was air quotes like <laughs> like, That's something that, like, like if i can remember my darkness whatever you tell me it's gonna be yes. nothing compared to my we're darkness not parents but i feel like that's a good thing what we've worked with youth for eight years and i'm definitely a church youth kid and that has um helped so much for parents to be vulnerable with their children um you know with wisdom along the years to like reveal to them to their children their sin so they can kind of so then when they present to you that you know what they did it's not this like huge surprise i feel like that's probably one of the most difficult situations we've had as uh, as Terrence was a youth, youth pastor is just when when children think or their parents give a facade of like the sinless, you know, once you become adult or once you become my age, you're not in sin anymore. And they kind of forget like you did this when you were 14, you know, yeah. like why? It's like the world ends when your 14 year old does it. But you don't remember how you just got <laughs> suspended and let the, you know, school on fire. You, know, you totally <laughs> forgot about that. So anyways, I just think that's a. Well, so helpful. I, I think a, a practical way for that even to start working on it is to apologize to your kids, oh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you oh, well. when you lose your temper, or mm-hmm. small good. things even, right? I have yes. a four-year-old, but if I can look at my four-year-old and say, my almost four-year-old, mm-hmm. I can look at my almost four-year-old and say, and I'm sorry, Daddy got got a little upset, and he probably shouldn't have, have raised his voice at you. He shouldn't have stolen that toy from you. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have stole your candy from Halloween. <laughs> But I did. That's really funny because I was thinking, we're uh, my son's getting older. and I'm gonna have to have the talk and all that fun stuff. Oh, but, yeah. but I, but I've been trying to pursue this like pattern of, hey, buddy, we got to talk about some awkward stuff sometimes, and just talking about little yes. things that are yeah. like, hey, you know. And so it's not this just, we've never talked about anything awkward ever before. Right. It's like, mm. oh, yeah, sometimes we just got to talk about it and it's no big deal and we move on, right? Yes. And you survive. You get through the yes. other side and you're still alive. Mm. Yes. And, uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, and to to bring it back in a little bit, because of the dark, I mean, we're, we're talking about it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the darkness is what why we long for peace and justice. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I guess... 
I don't know how we Webster would define peace. Uh, not Webster, but I Webster. <laughs> <laughs> not Chris Webster, yeah. but the dictionary uh, would yeah, define yeah. peace. But but you kind of defined it as the the opposite of chaos, I mm-hmm. guess you would say. So mm-hmm. so you had two little quotes of the intersection that I'd like to to read back to you. You said yeah. he causes all storms to cease because he's the Prince of Peace. Mm-hmm. And then you talked about a conductor conducting orchestra and everyone tuning their instruments um i would push back a little bit i don't think a french horn has to tune okay uh, but <laughs> all right i'm not i don't i don't play french horn but, but I, don't, I don't i i think the that's the, hilarious you're thinking that i was thinking like is a french horn in the symphony <laughs> <laughs> french horn is for sure in, in the orchestra it's there it's there it's it's for sure i know there, he did his research he's not i, I know like the that. viola the <laughs> bass the cello they all definitely have to tune i don't know about the french horn <laughs> But they're part of the orchestra. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So like even the them by themselves wouldn't uh, be much of a concert. So mm, like you're still not well, that great French hornist. Well, my... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Take that, French horn. Well, you I'm need them. Kidding. You need us. You I'm going to pause for a second and say, uh, I have a, a cousin who plays French horn. Okay. And, <laughs> and she plays very well. Okay. Good job, good job. And we have a, a former student from youth who plays French mm. horn. And I'm 100% sure that her mom listens to this. Mm. We uh, love you. We love so, you. Well done. Well done. <laughs> I, I have. We're telling you, you cannot walk this life alone. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. There the you go. That's <laughs> the point. That's well, the point. well, I have actually heard a French horn concert because of this. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> you, usually, usually it's like a French kidding? horn and a piano, or a French horn See, and another instrument. But, but <laughs> anyways, all that to say, maybe I can be the conductor for a second here. Uh, the conductor steps on stage, and all the chaos ceases. Mm. I was like, That's oh, so it's such a good. You just painted such a good picture for us. I've seen because I, I think most of us have at least seen a concert, whether it's a middle school concert or, or an actual. Wherever you said you were, the Met or whatever, I don't know where you were. Yeah. Met's opera, I don't know if that's right. I don't Some know. Graphic I don't know, I'm not good. Somewhere. <laughs> it was nice. But you know, yeah, they're, like they're all playing and, and uh, I don't know enough about this, but someone is in charge, maybe the the uh, first chair of the yeah. violin mm-hmm. is, is is comes out and plays an A or something mm-hmm. and everybody's tuning to A, but it is chaos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then the, the conductor comes out and he just taps his little wand and... Mm-hmm just mm. ceases it's like uh, Jesus on the boat you know mm. telling the the waves mm. to come the waves to cease but but it, it helps with it's because of so much darkness that we long for that peace and justice and righteousness Amen. getting ready to move on to third point so anything else on the second point I just I want to put in something that's yeah, totally totally symphony related and not I don't know what else but I just I was just struck by how, the beauty of that metaphor and you can go anywhere you want to imagine it but I do think an, a just really helpful thing I was thinking about was like you sometimes have to lay down your melody that mm. that you want to play, oh, wow. <laughs> right? Like you, mm. we're mm. so stuck on this. What's my dream? What's my what's my thing? God gave to me, and that's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. But in this in this symphony of the church, when we're playing the same thing, sometimes mm. we can't just we can't. You know, everybody playing a perfect song, but a different one than than mm. everybody mm. around them is going to be wow. still chaos, right? Wow. Like, wow. Mm. and that's so hard because we we just want to cling to our own story and not be a part of mm. the bigger story um mm-hmm. 
But anyway, so that's a perfect good. segue uh, yeah. to point three. Yeah, yes. <laughs> well, be- before we go to point three, I Uh-oh. gotta do it. Uh-oh. I'm the children's book guy. Uh-oh. Have you ever read Tubby the Tuba? <laughs> oh, no, you only two children's. Books oh now. my gosh. <laughs> so this is the story of Tubby the Tuba. Oh, is that nice. that he's a tuba and he's mm. sad that he doesn't get to play all the melodies and all the other uh-huh. all the other uh, mm. instruments are passing the melodies back and forth uh-huh. and he tries to catch the melody, mm. but it just doesn't sound right and no uh-huh. melodies are ever written for tuba. Mm. And so he plays oompa, oompa, and this is the whole story of Tubby the Tuba nice. finding it. It's oh, that's cool. You gotta read. You gotta read Tubby the Tuba. I gotta, I, mm. I gotta read it now. Tubby the Tuba is actually on Spotify, an audiobook version okay. of it. So if you have Spotify, mm-hmm. you could find Tubby that's the good. Tuba. Cool. Yeah. It's a good we'd, story. I think we'd be friends. But uh, you and Tubby, Tubby the Tuba? Yeah, pretty pretty sure. <laughs> well, Tubby the Tuba's friend books are uh, someone the cellist. <laughs> Celeste the cellist or something like that and uh Celeste Celeste the cellist or something yeah <laughs> and then uh the other one is something about jazz mm. and that book ends with that's jazz man <laughs> anyways point three cool. is uh, <laughs> there we are sorry Joey took the rabbit trail today but, uh, <laughs> Toby, Toby. point three was that God left his church in the world to promote peace mm. and to be the light and to be a light in the dark world mm-hmm. and uh I guess mm. The main thrust of this section was you saying that God could have moved mm-hmm. to Colleen, right? He could have chose Colleen instead of um, Galilee, mm-hmm. or he could have chose Memphis instead of Galilee. Could have done everything on his own, mm-hmm. um, but but he had another strategy, right? And you mm-hmm. said his strategy was was you. Mm-hmm. You looked out to the church. You said his strategy was the church. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, he left his church so that you could be a light, so that we could be a light. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that was the main thrust of that yeah. of that section. Do you want to summarize anything else or anyone have any questions about yeah. um, that final point of God leaving his church as the light, as the mechanism of peace and bringing order from chaos? I mean, it almost felt like we go to it every week, but creation mandate even mm. almost. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make beauty. I was just thinking empowerment with that. Um, I really do think, especially uh, for those of us who've been in the church for a while, we can we can think that that's for somebody else to mm-hmm. do, or that problem that's right in front of us, man. That that's uh, that's somebody else's problem to solve, or maybe we don't think we have the resources or the training or mm-hmm. whatever to disciple someone or share our life story with someone. And I think more often than not. Uh, you have a lot of people who just don't believe that uh, that's their thing to get involved with or their their problem to solve or or that I don't, you know some people uh, you know take on more than they should but I think more more of the norm is people not thinking that they have what it takes to make an impact in the world and be a light uh, in in the church mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I just you know wanted to remind us that now that's you if you here you have the Holy Spirit in you you're alive mm-hmm. you're breathing God has something for you to do mm-hmm. so. Mm. That's good. Do you have anything else on the third final point? We always get worn out by the third point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're like, okay, anything else to say on that one? I got, a, I got a fuzzy question in my head, but uh, I thought this just perfectly tied into church planning. Yeah. And I just over and over keep thinking about how so much of, especially the younger generations, have lost the plot of what church even is. <laughs> And yeah. much less thinking like this is God's methodology to reach the world, you know. I guess I don't know. Surely you're prepping for some of those conversations mm-hmm. as you're planting, and uh, like, mm-hmm. how do you describe that to someone who says, "Yeah, I can do my own mission over here, and I don't need to be a part of the church," or the church is just whatever it is, and it's not really the way God's reaching the world. I don't know. Does that make sense? That's a really yeah. fuzzy question, oh, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, I- 
Yeah, I think that's real. I think we live in a very cause-oriented day. Uh, my generation, the millennial generation, and even Generation Z, it's very cause-oriented. And so with that, mm. a lot of people think that they can just go out there and get it done on their own. And not mm. to say that, you know, there's no such thing, there's no common grace in that mm. people who aren't in the church can't do good. Yeah. Uh, but the ultimate vehicle that God wants to use, that he's empowered with his Holy Spirit, is the church. Mm. So all the mm. other stuff might be doing stuff mm -hmm. but it's not spirit and power god blessed mm -hmm. his church and filled his church with the spirit and he plans to reach the nations through his church mm -hmm. and so that's plan a god's mm -hmm. plan a for redeeming the world because that's all that's going to last mm -hmm. right and so even the the houses that we may build and the little projects that we may do uh that's all gonna you know pass away uh mm -hmm. but but the lord is coming back to redeem this world to himself and he's doing that through his bride through the mm -hmm. church and we can't do that alone uh, there are no, you know, no superstars, you know, LeBron James out, you know, of the church out here <laughs> that can do it on their own. But God is using uh, his people. He's filling them with his spirit. That's what makes this different because God lives in his people. So, mm. yep. so good, man. I just have one last thing. Are you guys have. I have another question. But go, go do it. I got uh, what, are, what have you seen? This sounds really mechanical or pragmatic but what have you seen working in memphis for mm. god using his church to reach the lost like how have you seen the lost coming to meet jesus during your time in memphis Mem pops mostly right Mem pops mm -hmm. that works no <laughs> i don't know what this is okay Pop south Pop south south memphis doesn't understand what you just said <laughs> yeah man um what is what have i seen work mm. um I've seen, I've seen a lot. Of, I'm just gonna go with the first thing that comes to my mind. I've mm -hmm. seen a lot of fruit through college ministry, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I don't know what it is about that age group, but uh, mm -hmm. the college ministry through Second Presbyterian Church mm -hmm. uh, called Campus Outreach, mm -hmm. uh, man, I'm seeing a lot of people come to faith through that mm -hmm. uh, because, and I think it's not magic. I think that that college ministry is just so intentional with evangelism mm -hmm. and discipleship mm -hmm. and they they kind of strip it down to that that's what that college ministry does mm -hmm. so when it comes to conversions and people coming to Christ mm -hmm. when people are actually just doing it mm -hmm. just sharing the gospel and making it a part of their life mm -hmm. I think God I mean I know God uses that mm -hmm. um, and so I don't think that there's a, a super uh, you know it's not a silver bullet yeah. for that, but faithfulness and sharing the gospel and being salt and light where God has you. Mm. I've seen that um, outside of the college world. It, it isn't that drastic. I don't see the big necessarily harvest, if you will, mm -hmm. outside of that type of environment. Mm -hmm. But, you know, people, you know, treating their job like a mission field mm -hmm. and, and going about it the same way. Mm. Uh, I've seen you know people come to Christ through that. So I get really excited when I hear about a millennial, somebody twenty five through thirty four coming to Christ. Cause I think that's just big news yeah. anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I've and I've seen that best through individuals saying I'm going to be intentional about my workspace and I'm going to take advantage of opportunities uh, to get people uh, maybe even just to a church service on Sunday, but definitely mm -hmm. uh, using my life's vocation as a as a mission field. Mm -hmm. So I've seen that work. Um, yeah. You know, people are serving. They're out doing things in the community. We have a a, a, a huge issue with poverty in Memphis still. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a real thing. So there's a lot of nonprofits and churches that are tackling that. And you see people come to Christ through that. Um, yeah, it, like really for 
for every, I mean, that I can think of, for mm-hmm. every issue that there is, <laughs> there's a nonprofit trying to combat that, mm-hmm. combat that issue. So that from human sex trafficking to poverty to education system, mm-hmm. St. Jude is there to cancer to, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many hospitals there and there's a med school there. Um, but just even if you think about all the bad things that you see on the news that are happening, um, just this example of just depravity Hmm. there's for every single issue there's someone working their butt off every single day to combat that and i think that's really admirable for memphians um because they're not walking around blind you know whatever Hmm. side of the track you live on um every side of the track has their eyes open and you cannot ignore um the sinfulness uh, of just the you know of just nature in our world being in mm. a broken world that's happening in the city mm-hmm. but you know and people aren't turning a deaf ear to it mm-hmm. um, whether in the church or out of the church they're trying to do something about it but i mean the churches in memphis are all hands on deck yeah um regardless of the denomination you know mm-hmm. so wouldn't, i think that's really we're number two for philanthropic giving mm. in memphis and wow. so people fund those nonprofits too so okay. it's uh yeah, it's a city that's that's really. Uh, I don't think we we're hiding our scars, and and mm-hmm. people are really going after it. And the church is, uh, you know, very alive and active in, in tackling those areas. So that's great. I mean, this is a great illustration of like life being so hard. Like everybody in a crab bucket, or just like you know, like <laughs> everyone, like everyone, you know, like grizzlies, uh, you know, grit and grind um, is like you know the city's logo or mm-hmm. city's tag mm-hmm. and everyone is trying like you know like mm. just the world is so broken but they're trying like every single day mm. um to grit and grind to like mm-hmm. help the city thrive yeah. you know and get there but you know we're a broken yeah. world so mm. i don't know if we're ever we're not going to get there until the lord returns mm. but for sure people are doing work and, and about people to come to people coming to christ you know the 1040 window people talk mm-hmm. about that that place mm-hmm. where the most unreached people are i think that's what mm-hmm. defines it then there's this new uh deal like 1014 window mm-hmm. ages 10 to 14 huh. because that's the age group uh, that has the most conversions mm-hmm. you know, that teenage age mm-hmm. gap so when it comes mm-hmm. to people coming to christ i say really invest in your youth ministries mm-hmm. and reaching out to young people because that's where you know a lot of fruit is coming mm-hmm. in that age group mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. cool chris you have one final question man this is another random one but okay. I'm, I'm, I'm coming uh <laughs> well i just loved you yeah i loved your big idea and i was just tinkering <laughs> i want to see maybe i'll get your thoughts on this so you said there are a few things that will impact your future and your legacy more than your response to darkness and adversity and then i just wanted to flip and add on and there are a few things that will impact your response to darkness and adversity more than your view of god's mm. response to go- darkness and adversity mm. and i think that's what you already unpacked in the sermon so beautifully but um Mm-hmm. That was just an encouragement to me. Like, like we, what you were saying is like, our response mirrors what He has done. We enter into that darkness, and we know mm-hmm. through Christ we're not defeated. Mm-hmm. We know that we can, we can face it and not be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. together, right? Yeah. <laughs> not mm-hmm. all alone. Not just me. Yeah. But the mm-hmm. symphony. So. Yeah. I don't know. Just wanted yeah. to throw that out there for whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what gives us the hope is. 
that the the battle has already be already been won. Yes, Jesus got up from the grave. Yeah, I mean, I mm-hmm. think that that seals it right yeah. there. Jesus yeah. got up from the grave. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard one pastor say that's what the Christian faith is all about. That's what it really boils down to. Mm-hmm. In the early church, they didn't have a lot of things that we got going on now, but they knew mm-hmm. that Jesus got up from the grave. That's why the disciples went from being you know fearful, timid men to to, to world changers because of that mm-hmm. event. And mm-hmm. with that in mind, that changes everything. Like mm-hmm. I can I can go through anything and endure anything because Jesus got it from the grave. He beat mm-hmm. darkness once and for all. And that just gives you another type of ammunition uh to, to go into this world and you know, take the hits and mm. get hurt in the community and uh fail mm-hmm. at stuff, all of that. I mean, <laughs> our, our Lord got up. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Easter up in here. Every hey. Sunday's Easter. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah. I, I want to thank you, Terrence and Ashley, on Absolutely. behalf of uh, the partners and members at Grace Bible Church, on behalf of the pastors and elders. It, it was a real blessing to have you guys, you both here, and, mm-hmm. and for you to, to preach God's Word to us. Uh, I just really appreciate it. I want to thank you, dear listener, for mm-hmm. joining us. Uh, you've made it through the Joseph series. You've now made it through um, the Advent series, mm-hmm. um, Hope, Joy, love and this week peace and i want to i want to end with uh a final quote from terrence today Mm. Uh, he said some two thousand years ago light entered the world so y'all can think about that coming Mm. up uh, these next couple days i guess this will get released on monday so it'll be christmas adam when this comes out and then we'll have christmas eve and christmas day you can think about uh, some two thousand years ago light entering the world well thanks for uh listening you've been listening to sunday recap a weekly edition of the grace bible church podcast where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past sunday for recordings of our sermons for more podcasts to submit any questions or comments you might have visit bgrace.org slash podcast for more information about grace bible church visit bgrace.org